Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. Joining us on the Roman guest line right now is Mr. Overnights, Ken Barkley from You Better You Bet. Ken, thank you for joining the show. And it's the night of Barkley. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Ken, first and foremost, I have to check in on you because I listen to Overnights. I'm a faithful listener. Okay. And I also lead the podcast. We appreciate you. Thank and, you. And Thank I have all these people in your mentions talk about CLV this, CLV that, complaining. Shut up. Stop talking, taking shots at my guy. How are Overnights going for you? And also, what wonky games or any plays that you have in college basketball tonight? Oh, well, that's a, that's a really good question. The second question, your, your listeners are probably a little more important than, uh, than me, like, belly aching about how, how Overnights <laughs> is going so far. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the point of Overnights, the entire point of the segment is to sort of uh, pull back the curtain on a part of the betting process that a lot of people probably don't know about, which is kind of how the lines are made, like how they take shape, which is basically uh, people like me and a lot of other people, um, a lot of whom are, are smarter than I am, who all make our own numbers, and we're all betting the second that the lines are released or early in the day uh, before the limits go up, before like the really professional people get involved. And, uh, and that's oftentimes like when you read about line movement or sharp action or whatever, like that's when it's occurring. So yeah. the point of betting the games overnight is because uh, we think the number is wrong and we think it's very likely to move very far away. So we're betting, you know, a, bet, a perfect example, a game that's uh, going on right now, bet Virginia at minus two, they closed minus five and a half. So like that would be an example before that game even tips off. Like, that's a big win yeah. for me from a betting standpoint because I'm very likely to win the Virginia minus two bet based on the close. So, anyway, uh, from a closing line value standpoint, the bets have been going awesome, like probably closing line value on 80 to 85% of them, I would say. Um, the success in terms of the actual winning of the bets has not been there, like a couple under 500, but it's going to take, like, hundreds of bets potentially to, to realize uh, this edge, which is both incredibly degenerate and, uh, and a, little, a little glass half full, I guess. But uh, for tonight, in terms of just, let me see, stuff that hasn't started yet, as I just open up this massive spreadsheet of stuff that's going on right now. Uh, let's see. What has not started yet that we could talk about? Um, okay, a couple totals that have not moved a ton. Just we'll get as degen as possible. The under in Charlotte, Arkansas is still 143 and a half. Uh, I show it's still a ton of room to the under. That got bet under a couple points overnight, but hasn't moved the full way yet like a couple of the other ones have. So definitely that. And then I'll give you one in like a big game. I, I mean, people might disagree with this, I guess, a little bit. Um, I kind of like the under in Villanova and Syracuse. Yeah. There's been a massive disagreement yeah. on this game. This is a MSG, the double second game of the doubleheader, the Jimmy B Classic, yeah. which I've actually been to before. It's a really fun event. People haven't gone. Doubleheader like kind of usually invites a lot of different types of teams. I saw Steph Curry play there actually when he was at Davidson, which was really cool. But uh, Syracuse, yeah, that game under neutral site helps me with the under a little bit too. 146 and a half would be a play on the under. So maybe a little bit of a long-winded answer, but at least you, you got a couple bets out of it. That's pretty good. Uh, Ken, really quick, shifting gears to the college football playoff. I wanted to discuss this uh, Georgia-Michigan line with you because I know you were a little higher on Michigan, a little lower on Ohio State, and you were right there. But this one opens up 7.5. Now we got an 8 with Georgia, 8-point favorites against Michigan. And I know it was a brutal performance, if you want to say, against Alabama. Michigan looked really good against an Iowa team that, like, let's be honest, probably shouldn't have been in the Big Ten title game with their quarterback situation. I love Georgia in this spot. Uh, your thoughts with an 8-point number. Well, I was going to ask you, Ryan. I was going to—I know because you—you bet a lot of college football. You follow, so you're big Georgia here. This is like this is—is is this yeah. one of your most favorite, your I, confident plays from uh, from the Bulls? Yeah, I was actually kind of—I I thought it would be. Well, this is about the number that I thought, but um, especially coming off that performance, I just—I don't know if Michigan's going to be able to do anything against that Georgia defense. Like, 
Are they going to be able to run the football? They'll probably be able to get like four or five yards per carry, but I just don't know. Are they going to be able to take shots down the field on that secondary? Like Alabama looks so good, but Bryce is the best quarterback in the country. And I don't think Michigan has the same playmakers at the wide receiver position, obviously. Like that's not saying much that Alabama does. I just think this is a bad matchup. And also just like historically, like I'm a big, big 10 guy, you know, being from the Midwest. So like, this is usually where I back like the teams like Iowa or Michigan or Michigan state. And then they get clubbed in the, like the first half and I'm on the wrong side. I just think this is a nice bounce back spot for Georgia here. But then again, like, again, I'm relying on Kirby who once again, let everybody down last week. Yeah. The, uh, so it's interesting that you like Georgia. So I, this game like kind of hurts my brain a little bit. I'm very excited to watch it. Um, and I would like Michigan to win just because I would like a title game that is not a rematch of Alabama, Georgia, which is a game that I would find devastatingly boring to watch a rematch of. Um, but Michigan, I think would give you a really, really cool, storyline to follow in the title game as they attempt to you know sort of dethrone the sec in terms of champions and stuff so i think that'd be really cool so i would like them to win um i think the problem for me so i i do i want to bet michigan in this game like i just I, yeah. I want them to win but from a betting standpoint i think it's interesting there's there's i'll give you a really brief argument for both sides so i think in favor of your side which is georgia if georgia's going to close six and a half in the sec championship game against alabama and then show up and be the same basic market in this game, slightly under a touchdown versus slightly over a touchdown. Think about the massive downgrade to Georgia's rating that has occurred in just one week. One week yeah. Yeah. Are we are we even remotely arguing that Alabama and Michigan are close to the same team? Like that's the argument that we're trying to make with this number. So it's tough to bet Michigan when I know that I'm basically betting on uh, or betting against a team in Georgia that has gotten devalued as low as you can possibly do just through one game, yeah. right? So there's this massive drop that's happened. That's the problem with betting Michigan. The problem with betting Georgia is that Kirby Smart is now starting to accrue a resume yeah. in bowl games with prep time, and all of it is a disaster. Like all, And I don't mean a disaster in terms of winning, because they beat Oklahoma, obviously, in the semifinal to get to the title game, and they've won games before. But like letting teams stay in games when the teams have had a lot of time to prepare, the types of games that are played in those situations mm-hmm. tend to be very close with Georgia. So it's sort of a, a number play would definitely be Georgia. And we've and, already seen that. And, and that's the thing. Like seven. I'm trying to handicap it like the way that I used to like Clemson before the Deshaun Watson like era. Remember where Dabo was like the uh, same, you, you know, yeah. and we were like, oh, they're Clemson, Clemson again that, yeah. like that's the way that i try to handicap with our yeah, yeah, some, some yeah they're curving again they're, curvy. The fun word. Yeah. they're not curving. smarting that's yeah, the curving. thing they're not doing they're just curving. yeah they're not smarting they're they're dumbing as a term. <laughs> they're dumbing. So, yeah, i mean it's just there's definitely a case for both sides that's where i have yeah. not bet the game yet but you can tell that numbers people were really happy to bet georgia at seven which yeah. i agree with sort of like grabbing that it's just I, I i feel like there's a really good argument for both sides in the game Really quick, uh, I want to pivot to the NFL, but since we're talking about college football, was curious about your take on Mario Cristobal as an Oregon fan, obviously, quack, quack, uh, leaving to go to Miami and the Ducks targeting uh, potentially Luke uh, uh, Fickle and also uh, Chip Kelly. Yeah, I'm, I'll be curious who – I know you kind of want the Oregon part of this. The Miami part's, like, kind of more interesting to me, Trista. Sorry. Wonderful. <laughs> the, or, the Oregon part, the, I'll be curious to see who they get, who they actually can get to, to want to coach there. It should be a desirable coaching job. The problem is the carousel's just been so bizarre so far. Like, who who's even really left that you would want? So, with Oregon, I'll be curious to see how that shapes up. Uh, USC will probably start out recruiting them within, like, two to three years with, with Lincoln Riley there, which is tough because Oregon's been the best recruiting team in the Pac-12 now with Cristobal there. They'll probably lose that title the USC. That's probably like the short term of that. Miami is fascinating, and it's fascinating for like basically a secondary reason, which is what is the future of Clemson 
and like what is Clemson going to be the next five years? Is there room for a team not to overtake them? Because that'll take a long time. It'll take Dabble leaving probably. But with Venables now leaving to become the coach of Oklahoma and not really a viable, I'll be curious to see who gets that defensive coordinator job. They lost their offensive coordinator a couple of years ago. It's just kind of like a thinning group at Clemson. And you got to get the sense that maybe this thing's running out of gas just a little bit. And they've been so dominant for so long. We kind of thought maybe North Carolina was going to catch them recruiting wise with Mac Brown. And that's happened a little bit like Sam Howell came there. A ton of recruits came there, but they're not, they're not Clemson. I'll be curious. Cristobal's an insanely good recruiter. Can he get, we saw what he did with Oregon. Can he get Miami alongside Clemson, which will take a step back by Clemson, obviously, but that's what makes that interesting is like, it's not just Cristobal going there and the recruiting and maybe the return of that school. It's coinciding with Clemson being probably as vulnerable as they've been in like seven or eight years. Over to the NFL, uh, box bills. I think we're all very interested in that. I just saw Q uh, pointing to Ryan about that game as well. Uh, they open up three and a half point favorites against the Bills. You know, as I've said before, I think they're me and you talk. Now they're at three. Okay, so now it's three. Uh, Bills really still haven't, in my opinion, gotten a quality win. I guess you could call the Chiefs a quality win, but the Chiefs weren't the Chiefs as good on defense as they are now. And obviously offensively, they've gotten right too. Like, what do you think about that game? Because the one thing that Tampa is vulnerable on defense is the secondary. And we know Josh Allen is going to want to sling the rock. Um, what do you think about that game? Well, no, first of all, I, I agree with you with the Bills and their schedule, right? You kind of look yeah. down like who they've beaten and who they haven't beaten. I think you make a really good argument in terms of just they seem to be a team against bad opponents. Maybe they run up the score sometimes, but against Indianapolis and against New England, um, it hasn't really worked out that way. Kansas City is kind of like an in-between game. I, I totally agree with you in terms of that. Uh, I will argue that I think there's a chance for them to get that win in this game. And, mm -hmm. and not so much even that I like them to win, but just we've seen this over and over again this year, to be honest. These home teams favored by three, right. where the difference between the teams seems to – and I've even said this, I think, on your show before. We're home teams favored by three, but I think the difference between the teams is zero, basically. The visiting team in this spot getting the key number of three has been insanely valuable the entire year. So the Chargers last week would be a really good example of that. Three against Cincinnati, I had it as like zero basically chargers end up winning the game so these small dogs obviously home field advantage has been almost disintegrated this year so like if there's no difference between the teams or a small difference betting these road teams three and a half or three has been really valuable so i can tell you my number in the game is tampa by one um i, I think there is absolutely nothing about last night's game yep. that translates forward into projecting or handicapping another football game because of the uniqueness of last night and how much like that was just like basically the Army-Navy game that we're going to see on Saturday, right? It was just totally different. How does that help us make a decision on this game? So I have the difference between the teams is very small. I have them rated as the two best teams in the league. Um, and I just think getting especially three and a half, which I bet yesterday, but even three, I think I would advocate for a bet on the Bills. Ken, we have literally 60 seconds to go. Is there anything in the NFL that, other than maybe the Tampa Bay game, that you had to jump on this early uh, ahead of uh, Sunday's slate or also maybe even a play in Thursday moving. night football? Yeah. Sure. So uh, Thursday night, I, I, I should have bet Pittsburgh and then it moved off three and a half. But now I, I probably will have no bet. Um, I'll give you a play that I made uh, the first Sunday. Just uh, I feel like I give a lot of underdogs on the show. I bet Dallas at three and a half and thank I would bet you. it at four. Also. No, Ken, no, no. We're on the football team. We're, we're overvalued. So Burgundy and gold are overvalued. Yes. <laughs>
So, yeah, I, okay, cool. Washington has had this winning streak. Taylor Heineke's got all this moxie. Yeah. He's like Brett Favre Jr. All this stuff is awesome. Um, my number in this game is six and a half, and I just can't I, – I understand why the steam is happening. Washington's played really well recently. It's a division game, and it's a home underdog in a division game. All of that makes sense. My number says to go the complete opposite direction. So, yes. And I actually – I kind of agree with that. Dallas maybe coming out of the rough patch of their season, getting a little healthier, three and a half or four. I like the Cowboys. Especially since FedEx Field is basically a home game for Dallas. Right, right. Yeah. Like, I mean, like it, not a home game for Washington. I mean, yeah. they haven't. Like Washington hasn't played at home all year. There's been like five fans there, and none of them even know what the team name is. Actually, uh, Ken, thank you so much. Absolutely, I'm so, I'm glad you came and spoke some sense into these Washington football team backers. <laughs> I'm on Dallas. I'm a fan of Washington, and I've been I bet against Washington the last three weeks. They haven't played anybody for real. Last week, I guess they played the the Raiders. This is the week they play an actual team. Dallas by a freaking mile. Thank you, Ken Barkley. Of course, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, I love. Ken, I love him even more when he comes on here and makes me feel like I'm on the right side of things. That was Ken Barkley on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL.